0: Batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome back. This is episode 96 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by NYYSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And it's Rye. What up? <laughs> you know what that is? You it's being a, a jerk off? It's an evil, maniacal laugh that Brian that? Cashman... Did after he inked Adam Atavino to
2: that deal this week. To a, to a, it was a robbery. (laughs) What is he making a year? Nine million. And what is David Robertson making a year? Twelve ish. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And, and, and I'll get this off my chest real quick. There's some uh, jerk off sources and reporters out there that, seem to want to take responsibility of calling that Adam Adovino was going to be Yankee but there was a hang up on years and numbers and then they go out there after he signs and he's like I told you the hang up was the third year but the Yankees gave in and blah 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 there was no fucking hang up if he's getting 9 million dollars a year What you wake up one day and say you know what give me, give me the 3 years but I'll, I'll only take 9 a year no I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous to me. It's feel, absolutely ridiculous You feel better me. now? Yeah, I do. Okay.
1: Uh, Yanks signed out of Vino earlier this week, which is the big news um, coming out of the Bronx now. Why is Brian Cashman doing that evil, maniacal laugh? Because he just put together possibly the best bullpen
2: in the history of It's Italy unbelievable. Baseball. It's really unbelievable. It, it, that, him making that move, you can't tell me that him making that move didn't make you say to yourself this is it they are built now can there still be other moves made sure of course i expect some midseason moves as well but you can't tell me that you're not confident with this team right now top to bottom no you have to be you have i mean to be. this is a pretty look good look at that bullpen dude just think about it just put it in
3: your head it's a 5-3 game in the sixth inning, and you have the choice of going to Adam Adovino, Chad Green, Dylan Batances, Zach Britton, crazy. and then you close it out with a 105-mile-per-hour flamethrower or all this chat. Crazy.
1: Crazy. You're, the back end of your bullpen could be, like, you're, the last two guys in your bullpen could be Tommy Canely and Jonathan Holder. Crazy. That's how deep this bullpen is. It's crazy. And the Yankees are hoping Tommy Canely re- recovers some of that 2017... Uh, magic that he had. And there, it seems like where he was really the coveted
2: guy in the Robertson and Fraser deal. It seems like with this move now, we actually have a decent long reliever that's going to be utilized in a much different way. Who's that? Now, Aaron Boone can use Jonathan Holder just like he did at AJ Cole last year, but we can be a lot more confident about it.
1: Here's, a, here's something that Michael K. brought up on his show yesterday is that he would stretch out Chad Green and have Chad Green be a guy that you can use for multiple. Eighties. I don't like
2: that. I don't. And there's one reason why he throws very hard throws gas, and he needs to rely on his fastball. Throws gas. He, without that, we've seen Chad Green when he doesn't rely on his fastball enough and he gets hit. Jonathan Holder is a guy who can go more innings and not lose what it makes him good. Whereas Chad Green extending himself, it just makes him back to being that guy who almost was a starting pitcher for the New York Yankees, but never had the great stuff that he had out of the bullpen. Can you maybe see them using both of those guys more this year like
3: with the extended innings at a time and maybe opt to not even carry a long reliever in the bullpen
2: I don't think there's going to be a long reliever I think it's I think primarily that role where you if you truly need to go with a long reliever is going to be holder and I think that It's going to cause Boone to have an even shorter leash on the starting pitchers because you're hoping that you don't have too many games where Holder's coming in when it's a 10-run deficit at that point. So Jonathan Holder is our mop-up guy as of right now? In a sense, that's what I'm getting at, but you're not going to really see him as that. Did you see A.J. Cole as a mop-up guy last year? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not asking what you thought he was in your brain. Yeah. Was he used as a mop-up guy last year? Well primarily, but yes. he was
3: also used in, in very some big more high games, pressure right? situations. And it
2: wasn't it didn't make then you feel like too it. good, did you? No, you did don't it? want to see so a if, reliever. So doing if AJ that. Cole was coming in when they were down three runs in the fifth or sixth, But now you replace him with Jonathan Holder. Does that make you a little bit more confident that the Yankees can stay in the game and come back and win? Yes. So there you go. Definitely. So these games that uh, Boone quote
1: unquote punted last year, who's he going to punt with now? Jonathan Holder? Like that's the guy he's going to bring in when they're losing? That's
2: going to be the tough, tough spot there. Depending on how many bullpen guys are actually carrying, you could see a minor league guy in that bullpen like Tarpley. I don't know how many innings Tarpley can give you, but... That could be his kind of uh, kind of role yeah, this year. I think he's going to be looked at to be a lefty specialist, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. But I mean, how many times uh, you have Zach Britton now, where obviously he's not a lefty specialist? But do you really even call on a lefty specialist much anymore? The way the Yankees go about it nowadays is it? When's the last time you saw the Yankees bring a lefty in? Just for one batter and then go to someone else. It doesn't happen as much anymore in the Yankee organization. So I don't see them bringing Tarpley up here just to be their, their lefty guy, specialist. Their main guys in their bullpen get exactly out everybody. Right. Exactly. That's the that's the thing. So you're not going to waste a spot on Tarpley just to throw to one batter every third or fourth I don't, day. I don't think the Yankees are wasting
1: a spot on Tarpley. I think they like Tarpley. And there could be a situation earlier in the game where maybe you don't want to go to Zach Britton in the fifth inning in the game, you know, on a CC start where the game might be hanging in the bounce in the fifth and you're just looking to get out, you know, a lefty. Fine.
2: And that's fine. But you got to also tell me that when the game is blown up, that Tarpley's also your guy that you're just going to go to to eat innings inning. I don't think the Yankees will be looking at him to eat up innings like multiple, like so a, that's two a, or three innings that's at a, a time. That's an interesting topic, I guess, to see how that unfolds. And they could uh, always use the Scranton. And ho- Scranton shuttle. Uh, Scranton shuttle. Hopefully we
3: don't one, have maybe. to see that maybe they can play out. Back,
1: you know, maybe they can bring back Adam Warren. I would think Adam Warren would be a nice guy. Another nice piece to have in this bowl. Yeah.
3: Hey, you know what a lot of people are overlooking with this Adam Adovino signing? What? Guy is a switch hitter he hits from both sides of the
2: plate and why do we care never know when's he he ever gonna grab a bat that's pretty wild though right it's wild and crazy kid this is pretty crazy you know what else people are overlooking what the fact that the red sox are fucking they don't even know what they're gonna do right now and they're gonna have to sign craig kimbrell they have to some did you see that tweet i sent
3: you guys the side by side of the yankees bullpen versus the red (laughs) sox bullpen right now it's just like who are these
1: guys it's crazy what are the red sox gonna do realistically they have don't they they have We've been saying it but now even the they Yankees got offense
2: got, bro they don't, don't need know. a bullpen
1: i don't know I can't they're believe, better i can't believe somebody would made that argument to me that the red sox don't need a bullpen you
2: need a, did that really happen yeah, you oh a, i was just joking you need a closer you need a legitimate guy you need closer. a bullpen you need a bullpen for 162 bro, game all, season first of all that's bullpen. just how baseball is now right second of all you have a guy in Chris Sale that you need to really monitor this year because year after year, this guy completely falls apart by the end of the year, and you need to make sure that he's not over-pitching himself this year. In October, you can get away with doing different things by using Evaldi as a setup guy,
1: You're having Chris Sale close out, getting five of the World Series. But day in and day out, from April to September, you need a bullpen. Yeah. You can't survive. No, well. no, no. And this is I tweeted this out earlier in the... In the week when the uh, when the assigning uh, news of the signing came down, is Ottavino really the one guy that wanted to be a Yankee? Like Patrick Corbin wanted to be a Yankee, but where is he? Manny Machado wants to be a Yankee, but he's going to go to the highest bidder. Adam Adavino has got a very friendly contract, team friendly, right? Yeah.
3: Well, his dad came out and said it that that's what he always wanted. His whole career was to play. Don't for the you Yankees.
1: think somebody like the Red Sox? As much as I wanted the Yankees to sign two relief pitchers in the offseason and we already got but after they got Britain, it wasn't a necessity.
2: No. It was it was definitely something I felt that they needed to do because I knew they could do it, but it wasn't a necessity in a sense of this team or this bullpen isn't complete without him. Mm -mm. And the Yankees went out and got him, right? So what are the Red Sox doing that they didn't they they couldn't offer him
1: more money? They definitely could have. Do they not want him? I mean, I don't understand that. You don't even have a setup guy or a closer. And, and Adam Adovino just went to a club that already had Zach Britton, and Batanzas and enrolled as Chapman for $9 million a year. No, well, that's what happens what, what, are the, he... what are the Mets doing? The Mets, ha, the Mets set setup guys J. Roos Familia and Brody Van Wacken and, and Bro? Yo, bro. Thinks he's going to compete with the Phillies and Nats and Braves? Swarzak still there? No, they traded him in the Cano deal. Right, 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 right. And he thinks he's going to compete with those teams with Jay Bruce yeah. Familia as a setup guy? Yeah. I mean, come on now. Like that's a much bigger a need point. for just those just to the two teams that we think about the most besides the Yankees really. It's a much bigger need for them than the sure. Yankees. Sure. Sure. Are these teams not playing in that part of the of the field right now? Uh, It's crazy And this is the thing That the uh, Yankee fans That want the Yankees To spend, spend, spend Don't understand Yeah, the Red Sox went out They got their championship And now look what They're trying to do Nothing They're not really doing anything Well, they're kind of handcuffed They don't want to spend Any more money Right So And this is what I keep saying Do you want to win One championship Or do you want to win Multiple championships Yeah, we got to get The first one out of the way first But you want to sustain this Throughout a course Of four or five years Sure so you can have a $250 million payroll this year
2: and guess what's going to happen? And the, and the only reason why you're thinking more championships or thinking about your future, again, is because the controllable talent you have is capable of doing it. It's not like we're just settling for young controllable talent. We have young controllable talent that 29 other teams would die to have on their team right now. So you have to think big picture. And the Yan- and the Red Sox are handcuffed right now. We're seeing it. We're watching it happen in front of our eyes. And you know what? Good for them. They won the World Series. But what's going to happen in five years when they, if the Yankees win two out of the next five or three out of the next five? Then what? Then their fans are going to be bitching that they gave J.D. Martinez blah, 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 because he was only good his first year here, and now he sucks, and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Okay. uh Out of vino, though. His fastball velocity is in the 50th percentile, so it's not that great. But then you look at the spin rate on his fastball, 75th percentile. Ooh, spin rate. That so looks, his I love a good spin rate. His average velocity tops out probably around 94, 95 on a good day. <laughs> Did you see
1: that slider?
3: <laughs> but yeah, the the off-speed stuff and his sinker is very nice as well.
1: But in an off-season, we're Adam Ottavino, Andrew Miller, uh. Zach Britton and uh, David Robertson were all free agents, and Edwin Diaz got traded. And Red Sox didn't bring in any of those guys. Yeah, that's that's very weird to me. Are they that serious about cutting payroll? I guess is. I mean, I'm mean, yeah. They won. They won
2: three in the last ten years or something like that. So They've maybe- had a great run. They've had a great run, and we knew that that window was pr- was pretty much being shut when they made that deal. On Chris Sale. They had to win in the next two or three years. They had to, and they did. And they did that by getting the guy that was out there and good for them. But there was a big difference in them to us. And that is that we decided to completely rebuild and we acquired young, controllable talent that is now proven in Major League Baseball that we can now build around. The Red Sox traded all of their young, controllable talent... Mookie Betts is there. ...for a guy that was available, and they made that decision. And that was something... Andrew Benintendi? Yeah, those are two guys, absolutely. Okay. Xander Bogarts? I'm I'm not saying that they didn't have the young, controllable talent. I'm saying that they made the decision to close the window when they did because they felt the time was now. And until right now... The Yankees weren't even debating that because they were rebuilding. See, the fans are clouded because of their success after 2016. They were still rebuilding. Cashman hasn't been faced with the opportunity to give away everything that he had built up for one starting pitcher because everything that he built up came up quick and proved themselves quick. And now we have a lot of guys very quick, very quick. So it was there's a big difference there.
1: Yeah, it's something I say all the time is that the Yankees didn't have to suffer through four or five
2: losing seasons where they were seventy five win club. How many times did the Red Sox go from last place to winning a World Series? I think they did it back they were just back to back from first place. They were last place, then first place, then last place, then first place.
3: So Yankees set the home run record last year and uh-huh. Ottavino ninety seventh percentile in, in strikeout. Uh, rate right this year. Do the Yankees set the record for most strikeouts by a team in a season? It could happen. The record's 1,535 2013 Houston Astros. So oh,
1: do you know how many they had last year? No do you? Oh, you're the stack guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well the way you're asking it sounded like you had that that info at I, hand for I me. I did not. All right so they had 1,421 strikeouts as a team last and year. And how many what's the record? One thousand five hundred thirty-five. So you need
1: like a hundred and ten strikeouts. Yeah. And how much did uh, how much strikeouts did uh, out of you have last year? Like one seventeen or one something
3: like that. Yeah, one twelve. That could happen. Hey, it could happen. He makes up, to, he makes up <laughs> the deficit by but, himself. Yeah, you're replacing Robertson with him though, so you'd have to see that.
1: Okay. Plus, uh, I think Paxton's gonna have more strikeouts than yeah. the guys absolutely. that he is replacing in Atlanta. absolutely. It's attainable. It's, it's attainable. It could happen. Could you imagine that team that leads the major leagues in home runs and strikeouts no. over
3: under uh,
2: fifteen hundred? I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go with the record. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. All say right. Let's easy. all
1: say they're gonna break the record
2: for all strikeouts right, in a fine. season. Fine.
1: I'll say they'll break the record. Why not?
2: Bada bing. Let's do it.
3: We're in. Lock it in. Deal.
1: All right. Let's put all that on hold for a second here. Let's bring in uh, Brendan Senate. Brendan's been a contributor to. Uh, nyY dot for a few months now. Uh, started writing for us uh, towards the beginning of uh, the end of the season last year. Uh, Brendan's kind of been uh, slacking on his duties. I think he's only had one column in twenty nineteen. Yes. So yep. I'm pretty sure this is uh, <laughs> him. He's gonna have to sing for his supper here right now, or we might. I fi- like this.
2: We might have to fire him. It's a lot of pressure, and I like it. Uh, you can
1: follow Brendan on Twitter like if you want to at uh, Aubdeck, AubDec, A-U-B-D-E-C. Uh, Brendan, why don't you give the uh, fans that might not have read uh, your work on com a little background uh, of your uh, history in baseball.
0: Sure. So uh, I was a, uh, a, a reporter and uh radio producer. I, I produced the uh, the weekly baseball show for a radio station in Detroit, the number one sports station in Detroit, WDFN, the fan. Uh, I was in that role for about six years. This was probably from... 2002 to 2008. Um, so right around the time where the dynasty kind of ended with the Yankees, and then they obviously, you know, 08 was kind of the last year, you know, they got good, right know, when they went on the free agent, uh, you know, spending binge and, and, and won the title in 09. So, um, you know, had a, had a season credential, uh, covered pretty much, you know, every team in baseball, uh, did a weekly baseball show where we get, you know, high profile guests on the show. Um, you know, writers, Buster Olney's of the world, Jeff Passons, guys like that. Um, you know, spent a lot of time in the clubhouse getting audio before games, so interacting a lot. And I mean, obviously, I went to every single Yankee game when they were in Detroit. Uh, you could kind of, you know, I at least had a season pass. I could go down there whenever I wanted to. So, you know, I would go down there and, and kind of just be around the Yankees. It was kind of a pretty cool experience for a guy in his 20s, uh, you know, kind of hanging around his play- you know favorite team. So I can tell you some stories on air. I can tell you some stories that would probably be better off air. Uh, about you know some of our our favorite yankees over the the last decade or so so definitely pretty cool experience for me
1: i know you want to tell a story uh regarding some some trade you were telling us about uh from your from your time covering baseball we'll get to that in a little bit because right now what we're going to do is we're going to actually bring you in to be the fourth member of the panel here we're going to you know include you in on some of the topics that we were going to talk about on the show today and one of them uh is Sonny Gray. So now you keep hearing the rumors. Uh, We're recording on 2.30, a little bit later, on Saturday afternoon. So again, we always have to put the disclaimer out. Things can change in between now and when you hear this on Monday morning. But John Heyman, amongst others, are reporting that the Yankees are really trying to close in and finalize a deal for Sonny Gray, get him out of New York. Sonny Gray was at some event, for I believe Vanderbilt last night, and he uh, was like, "Well, guys, I kind of just want to pitch where I'm wanted." <laughs> so he doesn't want to be here either. The Yankees don't want him here. Uh, you, the team you
2: keep hearing the most is the Cincinnati Reds, which I'm kind of <laughs> shocked about. I'm shocked that they reemerged as the top team because who was really who was big on him for a while? The Padres, right? Pod, I heard the Padres. I heard
1: the A's. I heard the uh, which would surprise the me Brewers. a little. The Brewers was another team. Yep. Uh, I heard the Giants had some interest, which I guess for anybody that wanted Madison Bumgarner, that doesn't couldn't, couldn't make you happy because why would you trade? Uh, yeah. For Gray and then trade away Bumgarner.
2: I heard. I heard. I spoke to someone in the A's organization. Uh, he kind of laughed when I asked him the level of interest that the A's had in Sonny Gray. He said there really wasn't any Cashman was asking for the world for him, and the A's kind of just moved right off it. So,
1: Yeah, so it looks like the Yankees could be getting a pretty decent haul back for Sonny Gray. Uh, uh, there's conflicting reports of whether the Yankees can get uh, two top prospects or one. Apparently, there might be a draft pick involved, which I believe you can only trade what they call competitive balance picks, so the Yankees would get that, plus... One or both of the A's sixth and eighth ranked prospects. Uh, The A's, the Reds, I'm sorry. One's a second baseman. One's a catcher. Both seem to have more of an offensive upside than they do defensive upside. Uh, We'll start with with, uh, Brendan here since he's our guest. How do you feel about, you know, getting Sonny Gray out of the Bronx? Is this uh, something you want to do? Because I heard you and Sonny are really, like, really close best friends and you guys text (laughs) all the time.
0: Well, well, you know, it's, it's not quite that, but he is my daughter's favorite player. So I is mean, he you know, really, you know, she's a, 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 a happy go lucky eight year old that like loves everything and exudes positivity. So naturally her favorite baseball player, one of her favorite baseball players would be named Sonny. So, you <laughs>
2: okay. know,
0: she just, she fell in love with him when the Yankees got him. So I, I had to defend him as much as I could because, you know, I mean, Chris, you have a kid, right? So when, when, when you, when your kid likes something, you, you. Stick up for that person, even if you know it's not necessarily the best fit. You know what I mean? So, uh you know, but yeah, definitely it's, it's time. He clearly doesn't have the head for New York. um You know, it, it's just a combination of pitching Yankee Stadium, the media. It, it's just been a bad mix for the guy. um Obviously, the guy is a, a more than capable major league starter. I mean, he's better than some of the guys the Yankees have. I mean, I'd certainly, he's a better pitcher than the Hermans of the world. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's definitely time to move on. Uh, you know, my thing with with this trade, what I thought was funny was today it came out like somebody from the Reds. I think it was Dick Williams said that a lot of what they attributed to his struggles was Gary Sanchez. Yes, receiving. I saw
1: that before. Wait, what? I can, yes. What? yes, yes, somebody. I
0: but yeah, this was actually a quote. Yeah, yeah.
1: Go and ahead, like, Brendan. Gary you're Sanchez, telling me. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: Gary Sanchez receiving had uh, had contributed to his struggles, but then like you look at the stats and like Roman caught like eighty percent of his games.
1: Didn't you know Gary I mean? like, only he, catch he just, him eight innings in twenty eighteen? I believe it was eight innings. That's crazy. outlandish,
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you anything in sports, you can create a self fulfilling prophecy that makes you look smart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, he's a good pitcher because of how Sanchez received him. I mean, this. So I mean, you can spin it to your fan base any way to get them to buy into what you want. That hey, we're getting a good pitcher here in Sonny Gray, guys. It's all Gary Sanchez's fault.
1: I've been Great. a big proponent of this for a long time. That I think Sonny Gray is going to be really good next season once he's out of the Bronx. Because if you take a look at his splits, what did Stack Guy Rice say last week? He was a three pitched to a three one seven on the road last year.
2: Let's do it three one seven. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was something like that. Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, the guys his walks obvi- were down on the road. His
1: walks were down on the road. Home runs allowed were down on the and road. And he threw
2: a eleven and something, eleven and a third more innings on the road.
1: So. I mean, the guys that got the stuff, you watch him and you look at him and you say he's got the stuff. He's got a 95 mile an hour fastball and he's got that. He's got a really good curveball. He should be better than what he is. Sure. And when he's away from the Bronx, he, he is what the Yankees he's had beyond home. what the Yankees expected out of him. Really? They wanted him to yeah. be a number two starter. And when you pitch to a 3 ERA, you're a number two starter. So I think we're all in agreement well, here that go ahead, Brendan.
0: I think, I think one of the things that's gonna, gonna really incite, and I'm, I'm kind of in this crowd a lot. It's gonna, gonna, gonna fire up the, uh, anti Larry Rothschild crowd, you know, once he, wherever he lands. Now, I know a lot of these teams he has connections to, like his college pitching coach, I think is the guy with the Brewers, and another one that he has a close connection with is with the Reds. So, I mean, he's obviously gonna, you know, be somewhere that's, that's comfortable for him, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Rothschild guy, and, and I, and I think, wherever he ends up, they'll end up, you know, kind of teaching him that third pitch. I mean, I know that was my frustration with him is it's always seemed like he was a two-pitch pitcher. I mean, you know, a, a guy with that kind of stuff, he couldn't learn a third pitch. And, you know, I did kind of feel like Ross Heldon maybe did not get the best out of him. What do you What do you guys think? Well,
2: Brandon, to your point just now, I think, I think that's why we saw – uh, Gray a little more effective out of the bullpen last year. I, I always go back to that game in Chicago where I think he came in for three innings, and it was re- honestly the best three innings I've ever seen Sonny Gray pitch. And It was because those two pitches were truly on. He had confidence in his fastball, and his curveball was getting the swing-and-miss stuff that he normally is used to.
1: And the Yankees had just lost four in a row, and there was 12 people in the stands, and it was 1 o'clock in the morning in New York, so
2: nobody gave a shit, so that's why. Well, yeah, that also (laughs) attributes to it. Right, (laughs) right.
1: Uh, you know, there's a big knock on Larry,
2: but I mean, the numbers don't bear out the fans' perception right. of the guy. And Brandon, I actually I did this because I'm I'm on board with you. I don't care for the guy. I really don't want him here. But it's not because of his history with the Yankees. I actually went through over the last twenty, thirty years or something with the different pitching coaches. Larry Rothschild's numbers with these pitchers are actually stronger than any any other uh, pitching coach they've had in the last twenty years or so. I think it was
0: interesting. Isn't that funny though? How how it shows you what what what, a, what a, that's why baseball I think is the greatest sport because you know it, it, the numbers prove it, right? But right. If you look at the eye test and it and it, it you know there's, there's there's two ways to look at everything. There's there's the sabermetric way, looking strictly at numbers. But then you look at what you see and then what you know about the game and you're like, really, is this guy really the best pitching coach for this staff? Like who does, how does he maximize his talent? And it seems like there were always outside factors, but it's kind of, I mean, obviously the whole Pedro thing with Sevy is what, you know, kind of pushed Sevy from potentially being a reliever into, you know, that great starter, that number one starter that we saw in the first half of last year. So it, it Held is definitely a, a a frustrating point for me as I you know watch these games every day.
1: I think what the issue with Larry is is he looks like everybody's grandpa that he's just looking for a tuna fish sandwich
2: and a nap. Yeah, I mean he looks like he's going to drop dead in the dugout half the time too. We need we need young, yeah, he, we need fresh. Yeah, so you got Aaron Boone who's uh, what,
1: mid 40s young guy, Josh Bards a young guy. Uh and then Phil Nevin's, Nevin's a young yeah, young, yeah, yeah. Nevin's a young guy, and then you got Larry, who's probably who's older than all their dads. And Larry, <laughs> so, and then Larry's there. Right.
0: <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, to say it's it's, it's kind of like yeah, you know, he he he's, doesn't really fit the mix. You know what I mean? Of of what you think that coaching staff would be, but it's all Cash, right? I mean, Cashman, he's Cashman's guy, clearly. So he, he he's going to be there unless there's something, you know. Something goes horribly wrong. Oh yeah,
2: and, and season, Marcus I mean? Timms too. Marcus Timms is a young guy. Yeah, but here's our here's our um, our theory behind Rothschild, and a lot of it was exposed that the Yankees really wanted a veteran presence when it came to the pitching, with Boone being a rookie manager, and I was fine with that, but. From again going back to the eye test, it seemed like Rothschild had a little bit too much control over the pitching last year. I think now that Boone is a little more settled in, he got a little taste of the postseason. I think it's. T- I thought it was time to just let go of Larry and bring someone in new and kind of let Boone feel like he had a little bit more control this year over the pitching to really show us, you know what he's capable of when it comes to bullpen management and, and starting pitchers.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we're, we're all, I think we're all, we're, we're all definitely team Boone for the most part, but yeah, it would, it would be nice to kind of see him have his own own staff completely and, and kind of be his, his own man, you know, cause that's obviously a criticism we're all going to hear every night. You know, it'll. Pro- I give it till probably about the third inning of, of opening day before, you know, somebody on Twitter wants him fired. Right.
1: Yeah, he'll put in the wrong pitcher in a spring training game. They'll give up four runs, and somebody will want him fired. Oh, how are you gonna throw this guy who I never even heard of? And the Yankees were up five nothing, and now they're losing. You, you stupid Boone, you suck.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. The the Boone hate logic is is completely out of control. Thanks to social media, you know. You know it's, the crazy. It, yeah, it never ends.
1: The crazy thing is that nobody wants to give the guy credit for what he actually did last year, because oh anybody can manage the yankees to 100 wins no if you uh have 48 followers on twitter and you've never picked up a baseball bat you cannot manage the yankees to 100 wins i'm sorry you can't convince me otherwise okay so he should get some credit for being a guy that came out of a broadcast booth to skippering a team that won 100 games now we all know what his faults are and we're and like you said we're all pretty much team Boone and I'm not I gave him a free pass for 2018 because I realized what it was but he doesn't get a free pass in 2019 so he's got to clean up a lot of his mistakes but he still should get credit for having a that team yeah they didn't play well down the stretch because think of all the injuries they right. had but they didn't completely implode they didn't completely fall on their face there was no uh in fighting turmoil he he held that team pretty well together despite having to use Shane Robinson for six weeks or whatever the hell it was
0: yeah definitely he he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that i mean i think most most people in the know realize that that clubhouse had kind of started to tune out girardi and his whole like past master ways and i mean you you see the reports now i mean you know he flew down to the dominican to spend time with some of the dominican players you know he 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 definitely gets what it takes to be a a manager you know in this day and age with you know the the egos that the players have and a different breed of player i mean the whole you know uh you know we don't run every ground ball out crowd that we so hear you know hear so much about you know with with certain free agents you know it, it's definitely uh you know i mean think about it the yankees were basically one Jacob Junis uh, pitch from playing until the, you know, last weekend of the season, neck and neck with the Red Sox, who had a historical year. Judge doesn't go down. I mean, I'll take it to my grave that they're in it until, this, you know, the season ends. Basically. It's definitely closer, yeah. In the playoffs, you know, so, yeah, I mean, the Boone criticism is, is just, I mean, of course, yeah, can he get better at bullpen management? And, again, that's a knock on Rothschild because if, if Rothschild is our, our cranky grandpa that, that, you know, is willing to express his opinion, you know, he should be telling Boone, look, man, you got to get this guy the hell out of here. He's got nothing. You know what I mean? And and being animate about it as opposed to just kind of sitting there with his thumb up his ass, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll let this keep going on. You know? So that's another area where, again, you, you think the old sage guy on his coaching staff would actually help him out, make his life easier. But there was a lot of times he didn't do that. So, you know, again, bullpen management, I'm I'm fine with everything else based on everything that happened last year.
1: Well, the good thing about Aaron Boone in 2019 is that his security blanket is in Cleveland now? I think so, yeah. Is that where a. he J. wound Cole. up? A.J. Yep. Cole wound up in Cleveland? So, mm. I mean, even if, uh, as fans like to say, he punts games, which is a, not a stupid Twitter term that people use. Mm-hmm. Um, when he tries to do that, he's going to be bringing in Jonathan Holder, who was pretty good last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely more of a fireman type than as opposed to Cole's arsonist. It would come in, right?
1: Yeah, Cole. That's a good point there.
2: Holder's more of a fireman, whereas Cole's. uh, I think we're a little tough on Cole. I, me included. He sucks. He was good when he first got here. Yeah,
1: for like three weeks, and then it was like Cinderella turning back to the pumpkin. Right. And then Boone just never realized that he was a friggin' pumpkin. (laughs) Kept waiting for him to turn back into
2: Cinderella, or what? Am I? I got my fairy tales correct? No, Uh, you do, but you just you're you're a little off. It was the it turned into like a crystal horse and carriage that turned back into the it wasn't Cinderella herself that turned into a pumpkin. I think that's where you lost the analogy.
1: No oh, you'd know way too much about Cinderella so. So let's get back to Sonny Gray here. Are you surprised the Yankees are going to get a decent haul for him? Because a lot of people argued with me even back to the trade deadline last year, where I said the Yankees were going to get a decent package for him, and they're like, "No, Sonny sucks. You're not even going to get a a, a moldy pretzel for him."
0: No, oh, not at all. Because I mean, so like we we just said, it, it, any team can convince themselves, "Hey, I can my pitching coach, my organization, my." analytics guys we can make this guy into because like you said christian with the, the the stuff is there uh you know so every team that type of arm i mean pitching is such such a a vital part you know and it was and, and there's not enough good pitching that a guy like that with gray that has good stuff any other team is going to think you know what hey the yankees couldn't get through to this guy but i can so i'm not surprised at all that that they're getting something good for
1: him. Well, one of those uh, dipshits that was saying the Yankees weren't even going to get a moldy pretzel uh, for Sonny Gray
2: sitting right across from me. I am. I'm one of them. But you, I mean, you really, you made a good point. And I also am a moldy pretzel that turned himself <laughs> into an eatable pretzel because I said edible. that I was wrong. Edible. I like, edible. Edible. I like the word eatable. That's no, fine. it's not so a real word, though. So too Just bad. him have it. I'll say whatever I want to say here. Uh, because I'm actually just gonna eating give this my to own him crow. Okay, we're going
1: to give this to him, Ryan. Yeah,
3: sure. Okay, uh, I think the Yankees have more leverage though with trading Gray than people think. You look at his home and away splits, pitching to a 3.17 ERA on the road, but then you look at his first and second half splits. First half of the year, five point four six ERA. Second half, a three point six three. So, in only twelve games compared that to also eighteen in the first half,
2: though. To your first point where the Yankees weren't pitching him as much as at home. He came out of the rotation. He was in the bullpen. Right. And He still pitched just he, about 40
3: innings. And really? Yeah. Wow. 39 and two thirds with a 3.63. I mean, that's... No, yeah. It's much
2: not, better. Not bad. Much better. It's he was great. fighting for something too. He was fighting to try and get back into that rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Look, you could throw all the numbers you want at me about Sonny Gray. He's got to go he's got to go and and you're right that does give him that leverage it's surprising in the sense that
1: cashman basically said i don't want this guy here i would rather get hit by a bus than have him pitch for me again but he's but he did say <laughs> but he's got the stuff and he could be good in in another market and that the will the willingness of cincinnati to offer up some of their top prospects for him you know, just goes to show you what people around baseball think of Sonny Gray, that if you take him out of New York, he's still a really good pitcher.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, again, yeah, you guys are right on. I mean, I remember the playoff game, uh, obviously living in Detroit, uh, you know, it was the, the division series when the Tigers played Oakland a few years back. And I mean, and he he pitched better than Verlander in a playoff game. I mean, this is Justin Verlander, the guy that the Yankees should have gotten, you know, and, and Sonny Gray pitched better than him in a playoff game. You know, so, I mean, the stuff is there. It's just all between the ears with him.
2: Yeah, I'm tired of talking about Sonny Gray. I can't wait till he's gone. Yeah. I can't wait until he's gone. We do a quick bit on him being gone, and then we never have to talk about him again. Unless he beats us somehow in, like, the World Series if he goes to the
1: Reds. If the Reds get to the World Series, I'll jump out this window
2: right here.
0: All right, so what's the over under, though, on on, on Sonny Gray wins next year with Uh, the Reds?
2: 15. I go under just because of the team itself. But I think he will have a, an eye-opening year compared to what he did here in New York. I
1: think or let's do a better one because in this day and age in baseball, maybe wins aren't the standard they once were. Right. Over, under for
2: his ERA, 3.20. I say over, over. but very slightly. I'll say 3.40 maybe. Man, if he pitches to a 3.40, I'll say over on three point two. Well, think about the teams that he'll face being in the being in the Reds organization:
1: the Central, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Brewers. I mean, yeah, maybe the Brewers Cardinal- yeah, or the Cardinals. Yeah. I still think he's he. I be, still think cause.
2: he'll be much more successful over there. I really do. You want to say over? Fine, but three three ish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I say 3-4-ish because that place is – that Reds ballpark, Great American ballpark is a bomb. Oh,
3: Jesus. That, that could guy's going to up that
0: could, there. Get, <laughs> that could
1: get in his
3: head well, too then. If that's what he's projected to pitch to next year, then the Yankees are going to get some decent uh, prospects I mean, It sounds like him. they're going to.
1: All right, let's uh, – speaking of the Yankees <clears throat> and people that will actually be here next year or this year, it's 2019 or right? – 2019, yeah. yeah, this year. Wow. Well, uh, Let me get this guy's name here because he's he's requested this several times and I wanted to keep my promise to him. Uh, At Kyle Blevins 19 he also wanted a shout-out. So there you go, Kyle. What up, Kyle? You can never ask me for anything ever again. Because you got your shout-out and your wish for us to discuss this on the show. Um, Just kidding. Kyle wants to know what... You get
0: the producing credit, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, We don't hand those out. Uh, He wanted to know what our projected lineup would be our starting lineup or everyday lineup for the Yankees. Now, <clears throat> what we're going to do is here is to take the fantasy stuff out and no Harper, no Machado, no anybody. Just who's ever currently signed to this ball club right now, who our opening day roster would be. You know, Lineup. Lineup. Yeah, lineup is one through nine where they're playing, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, stack so guy Ryan's been relatively quiet over there. So let's uh-huh. let him get started with that.
3: All right. You want me to do my full projected lineup? Yeah, one through right. nine. One well,
2: through nine. Why don't we also do starting pitcher? Get that out of the way. I think we all uh, can... opening day. All right, Severino's uh, pitching. It's still part of the. It's still part of the mix. That's you fine, think Seve's fine. not getting the ball on no, opening I, day? Absolutely.
1: I all think right. he's gonna. Brendan, are you gonna disagree with that? Is Seve getting the ball on opening day?
0: Yeah, unless he gets hurt, it's definitely Seve. All
3: right, so go ahead, Rye. All right, leading off, shortstop Glaber Torres. Then Aaron Judge and right field, John Carlos Stanton, DH. Luke Voigt, first base, hitting clean up. Wow. Aaron Hicks, fifth, center. Sanchez, sixth, catching. Andujar, seven at third. DJ LeMayhew, eighth, at second base. And, uh, Guardy, closing things out. LeMahieu. Playing left field. That's a tough lineup to construct, though, because you can have Hicks be the leadoff guy, but then you have your lefties hitting back-to-back when the lineup wraps back around with Gardner hitting ninth. Well, so, I, I think actually... that they're going to deviate away from Hicks leading off this year
2: I don't think your lineup is bad I just see the Yankees playing it a little safer on opening day and throwing something out there that they're a little more um in line with something that they know and they don't Don't know don't forget Luke Voigt hit cleanup in the playoffs last year Yeah, but this is a new season now and, and Luke the is going to have to earn himself that
3: cleanup spot. I it's think it's tough. They don't have a true cleanup hitter unless you break up Judge and Stanton.
2: And they're gonna. I think they were okay with that last year. The only problem is you don't really have a substantial lefty batter yeah. to throw in the middle of them. Um, I, Brandon, do you have your you have your lineup you want to you want to throw our way?
0: Yeah, yeah. I liked Rise. Little. I liked his because it was it was out of the box a little bit. Yeah, it's bit. out of the but, box. But for here's sure. mine. I. I go with uh I go with Hicks in center leading off, uh Judge in right second, then I go Miggy Smalls at third, batting third. You know, I like the fact that, you know, his clutchness put him in the third spot. Uh then I got Stanton D H in clean cleanup, uh Sanchez catching, uh Void at first, then I have Glaber good at second, uh Tulo at short, and then I have Guardy in left betting ninth.
2: You want me to go, Christian? Go ahead. All right. I just want to start by saying this is strictly my opening day lineup. I don't think it's one that's going to last very long. But I was against a lot of people saying LeMayu is going to going to lead off for this Le team. LeMayu. But I think the yeah, Yankees might start in that direction. And I'm a completely against Torres playing short, but I think that's where he's going to play um, for a lot of the year. I got LeMayu at, at second base leading off. I got Judge and right uh, batting second. I have Hicksy at batting third and center, and I don't think that will last long. He hit third sometimes last I, year. Yeah, I just think that the Yankees, with a uh, assuming Bundy might start that game with a righty on the mound, they're gonna want to see how he does in between Judge and and uh, Stanton uh, from the left side, and then I got Stanton DHing, uh, cleaning up. I got Miggy behind him at third. Uh, Sanchez after that behind the plate. Torres at short. I got Luke Voigt at first base. And I have Gardy rounding it out in left field with Gardy and LeMayu. You know, LeMayu is a guy who doesn't Le strike Mayhew. out a lot. He gets on base. Maybe you're hoping Gardy can get on base a couple times as well and turn turn it back over to Judge. It's LeMayu. 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 All right, here's my lineup. Ready? I <laughs> got Hixie
1: leading off center field. Okay. The big guy, Aaron Judge, number ninety-nine in right field.
2: Okay. Then and then we got Miggy two bags playing
1: three bags.
2: Ah, so you and Brandon. See, both I have think him he will be three. The, uh, the three hitter um, eventually. I just don't see it happening right off the bat. No, I do. He's their best. He was their best all-around hitter last year. That's
1: where you put your best all-around hitter. I agree. Uh, Big G cleaning it up at the designated hitter spot. The Kraken, Kraken. Behind the plate, batting fifth. Uh, then we got Glaber. Uh, as, again, like you said, I don't want him playing shortstop, but I think I have to right now. Yeah, you have uh, to. I got Glaber uh, manning shortstop at uh, batting sixth. And here's where I'm going to throw the wild card at you. I
2: was going to do
1: this too. Go ahead. Gregory Bird is going to be batting seventh playing first base. And uh, DJ LeMahieu will play second base batting eighth. And then... Uh, to start the season, and it won't last very long, and we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll talk about this briefly. Uh,
2: it's going to be Guardy rounding out the lineup in left field, batting nine. Let I me like say something lineup. real quick. I do like that lineup. The only reason why I didn't have Bird at first base is because I didn't want to bat LeMahieu that low in the order because he does get on base. He doesn't strike out a lot. I like him up at the top or all the way at the bottom. I like him more at the top and I didn't want to put two lefties in bird and Gardner back to back because in a lineup that doesn't have any lefties in it, you cannot justify putting two lefties next to one another. That's why I have Voight playing for
0: have Yeah, I agree. I was, I was actually <laughs> thinking about bird too with, with looking at the schedule that it would be Bundy and you know what? It probably will be him. You know, if he has even a decent spring training, right? So, you know, against the the righty with an off day between the first two games, it'll probably definitely be Bird that first game, right?
1: To a man, it could be, but to a man, I think the Yankees want Greg Bird to win the job in spring training. They do. They have to want him to win it. They have to. I didn't take
3: into consideration the whole platoon thing. Like, if a righty's pitching, it probably will be Bird.
1: No, you don't even... I'm saying, though, I didn't even want you to think that far into it who would be on the mound that day, just what you're...
2: Ideal mm-hmm. lineup would be to start the season. Well, my ideal lineup is going to have Voit in it over Bird, but the Yankees' ideal lineup is going to have Bird over Voit. Yeah, you'd have three left in there. One hundred percent. You have to. You have to switch try and trying maximize his talent this year. And none of us had put Troy Tulowitzki in that lineup. No, no. it's crazy. I, I just don't even. I don't know what to do with the guy. I did. did.
0: Sorry, yeah, I Brendan I'm did. Crazy one, right?
2: Did yeah. you? Yeah, he had DJ <laughs> on the bench. Yeah. Oh, did wow. you? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, was yeah, no, I, mean, I was actually writing something. I was
1: actually writing something down you know, when you were when you were talking. My bad.
0: No, it's all good. I mean, he'll he'll probably get hurt the second week. Of spring training <laughs> he'll be off or not? So you know, I mean, but yeah, I just figured. You know, I mean, the the way they, you know, the whole well, we got him, we got DJ. I think, I think, I think the the ideal scenario is, um, you know, start DJ against lefties and 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 have him come in for defense for Maggie late in games. You know, in a game like that. You know what I mean? Like if they. You know, if they rack, you know, Dylan Bundy and they're up, you know, seven to one in the sixth, then you put him out there for defense. You know what I mean? I so, think I think that's Tulo kind of where I went with
2: that. I think eventually if if he can stay healthy, I think Tulo is a really attractive trade trade piece with that salary. If he can stay healthy and, and prove yeah. that he can perform at some type of competitive level and a team has a shortstop or something go down, Tulo's a great guy to to try and make something work with, yeah, but again, you're t- like with Sonny Gray. You're talking about people you
1: can get something for. You get nothing for him. It just be the Yankees doing somebody a favor and doing Tulwitzki a favor
2: to get him on a team that he's going to play. Sure, but that's better than him wasting away on the bench if they're really not utilizing him. Uh, what do I care what he's doing?
0: Now to use your uh, your Cinderella analogy, Christian. Uh, what happens if uh, if Luke Voigt you know comes back to Earth? What if What if he's not for real?
2: Well, that's another issue that we've talked about too. Uh and we're that's why we're so adamant on wanting Bird to to be the first baseman. Who did he ask that question to? I he was asking it to you. You took too long to respond and I interjected myself into the into think, the equation. Okay.
0: Well, he know. got his hand on his buzzer quicker.
2: True. Yeah, he's got his hand yeah, on Yeah, You got to be quicker.
1: <laughs> what happens if Luke Voigt comes down to earth? I I don't know because that's a thing we debate and talk about all the time. We don't know, and I used this term last week, if Luke Voigt is just a more jacked up version of Shane Spencer. We don't know that. The Yankees need to find that out, which is why I'm okay with them not really making a move to solidify first base because you have to find out about this guy. But honestly, if all things are equal, Greg Bird is playing first base this year. The Yankees want are going to want Greg Bird to play first base. The Yankees are going to want some type of lefty power in the lineup. So, even if those two are neck and neck, even if Voight's slightly ahead, I
2: think Bird's still going to get the call. And the fans need to like put their wants in the, on the back burner with Greg Bird for a while because you have to have patience with with the Yankees if they're if they keep throwing him out there again due to the fact that they just don't have a lefty power bat right now. But do you have that same leash that you had last season with? No, no not, no. not even close, right? No, absolutely no. There's a tight leash, but there's got to be some give there. They got to they gotta just hope and pray that they can throw him out there and that A, he can stay healthy and be fully healthy, and B, that he can produce at the level that they always thought he could. He's still yet to have a full, healthy season. They say Maine. last year he wasn't even healthy the whole year he was feeling pain in his foot still. But, I mean, how long is that going to be an excuse, too? This is it. This is his last shot. So, All right,
1: real quick before we let Brendan uh, go and tell his trade story. Over, under, or if it, it will even happen for Clint Frazier to replace Brett Gardner in left wow. field. Chris will go around the table. Since, actually, Brendan's not here, he starts. So, Brendan.
0: So over under on how many we'll, we'll, repeat the question again I'm sorry. Over
1: under on when just we'll put a date at Memorial Day. That'll okay. be the date, Memorial Day. Over under when Clint Fraser replaces Brett Gardner as a starting left fielder for the Yankees.
0: Okay, it'll be after. They'll they'll they'll, they'll give Gardy as much time. I mean, you know, I mean if, if they were going to pull the plug on him that quick, why sign him? I mean, I know he's Cashman's boy and all, but I mean if if he's not going to have a long leash or a, a somewhat somewhat long leash then they shouldn't have re-signed him and they should have, you know, allocated that money for something else. Christopher, you know, so it'll be, it'll be after. Okay.
2: I'm going to disagree here heavily. And I'm going to say under, I think that the Yankees hopes are that Clint Frazier can play a few weeks, a month or so um, at a competitive level without any of the concussion symptoms coming back. I don't think it necessarily matters what kind of production he puts up in the minor leagues. I think, I think overall they want to see that he is healthy and that nothing is lingering. And I think within three weeks to a month, um, by the time the beginning of May comes around, Clint Frazier will be the starting left fielder for the New York Yankees. It's that guy, Rye. Man, it's tough
1: because I know you, you have a close personal relationship with Gardy, but you know, take uh, that, what? put that aside. I think you guys are forgetting someone, though. What about Jacoby Ellsbury? You know what, Brendan? I don't know if uh, you you're a fan of salty language, but if you are earmuffs, fuck Jacoby Ellsbury. Okay.
3: But a healthy Jacoby <laughs> Ellsbury will be on this roster opening day if he is and healthy. And Chris will have an ass tattoo. <laughs> but can Ellsbury play left field? Yeah, he can play left field. Yeah. So then, in my
0: opinion, so I still I still have a nightly fantasy that that he's going to be gone.
3: If Gardner is struggling early on in the year, and Jacoby Ellsbury is healthy, then Gardner will be benched before Memorial Day for Jacoby Ellsbury, not Clint Frazier. Wow, they that, are not. If, Interesting. I'm telling you, if Jacoby Ellsbury is healthy, they are going to try and see if they can spark him again. They if have the, to. They, know, have, they a, have to.
1: It's a good point because if for nothing else, then you want somebody else to want Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, right.
3: They're not going to just Baldy. let this guy sit off the sit on the bench if they could maybe use him in the starting lineup as a lefty. You see, you're replacing Gardner. If you're replacing him, you, you, I would like to replace him with another lefty because you take Gardner out,
1: then you only have one true lefty in that lineup for the first few months. Okay, I understand that. But I also think, in my scenario, Greg Bird's playing first base. I'm going bold today. I like I'm, it. I'm be bold, Brian. I'm, I'm be bold. I'm a be I'm bold. I'm going to say... I'm Thanks, gonna Brent. say I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the uh, under as well because I'm in agreement with Chris here that the Yankees just want uh, Frazier to show
2: that he's healthy for three or four weeks. Yeah, that- that's the biggest concern, right? You know the guy is capable of of absolutely demolishing minor league pitching. He could hit 700 in the minor leagues, and you wouldn't be surprised. I no. mean, I think
1: he's already shown that he can it's master that level. It's all about staying healthy and stuff.
2: not feeling any symptoms.
3: Did you guys see that uh, Clint Frazier's campaigning on Twitter to try and get rid of the Red Thunder nickname? Yes. Guess what?
1: You're stuck with it, pal. And yeah.
3: now you're definitely stuck with it. Yeah.
1: Now you just you just Red did thunder. the opposite. Once you tell somebody not to call you right.
0: something, <laughs> it, they're just going to
1: call you it. Yeah, right. I'll always call them that.
0: Is he, is he the Yankees Trevor Bauer, the amount of time he spends on social media? It, he does he a hell of be. a lot he of things. Does see, the problem is that media. people
1: don't hate him because of who he supports or doesn't support in the White House. There's a difference. Right. Though. But, yes, yeah. I, I do see the correlation there. Yes. Yeah, they're there's both some very people, active on social media. There's some people that can't get over anything that Trevor Bauer does because of who he put his support Yeah, he, He's also kind of a douchebag. He is also kind of a douchebag. Yeah, he'll call you out on Twitter. <laughs> All right, so we'll let you uh, we'll let Brendan go here, but he did want to tell us this trade story. To uh, I don't are you going to incite or educate the uh, <laughs> what's the term that we used the Twitter mob? Are you going? To, so what's your your uh, yeah, I'm going to try. You're going to try to educate them. or You're so, going to try to rile them up here.
0: <laughs> it might be both. It might be both. You know. So I, I guess one thing. You know, obviously being a lifelong Yankee fan that that's moved out of the tri-state area, moved out of the kind of the East coast area living. I mean, Detroit is not a baseball town, but when the tigers are good, people are interested And and the thing that that's funny. And, and I give you guys a ton of credit uh, for how you handle yourselves on Twitter with, with the guys that come after you on a consistent basis. It's, I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, in my living room in Detroit and I'm, I'm reading some of these tweets and I'm like, how the fuck are these guys so nice to these people? Like <laughs> you, you, you keep it civil and whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an old Irish dude. So I'm a little more hot headed than most, but um, you know, so one, one thing that drives me crazy is people sit there and they, and I think, I think fans as a whole don't appreciate how hard Brian Caston's job is. I mean, for the entire tenure now, I, I'm just as frustrated as you guys are. They haven't won since '09. I want a title just as bad as any fan in the fan base does. Cause you know, we're such spoiled brats and it's been, you know, nine whole years going on 10 since they've won a title. So I, I get all that. Right. But they don't understand how hard cashman's job is and and it stood out to me one time i was down covering a game and it was it was funny was it was 2009 so it was the year of the championship and actually everyone at my radio station had gotten fired and they went syndicated so we still had all our credentials so i mean you know it's great when you can just go down and watch a ball game for free and kind of kick it in the clubhouse and do freelance stuff you know with a with a season pass and get access to you know, all the heavy hitters and all the writers and all the players and things like that. So it was funny. I was walking through the press box and, you know, a guy we all know and love, Dave Dombrowski, was the GM of the Tigers at the time. And he was kind of just BSing with a couple of reporters. And it would have been a week or so after the trade deadline, I think. So it was like early August of 09. And, you know, as often the case, the, the moves the Yankees made, if you guys remember, weren't big splashes, but they were significant moves. They got Eric Hinsky,
1: yeah, and, uh, and Jerry Hairston, right? Yeah, future, yeah.
0: Right. So, you know, he was he was talking, to, and I think I think Mel Antonin, who was a really nice guy that used to write for USA Today, was was in town for something. The Tigers, remember, if you remember, the Tigers they were pretty good in '09. They actually lost uh, a one game playoff to the the Twins for the right to play the Yankees in the division series. So. um I thought you know so the Tigers were a competitive team, but what, what, what blew me away was this is Dave Dombrowski, one of the more prominent GMs in baseball, basically telling the media, and this is again what cracks me up, how much he appreciates the job that that Brian Cashman does, and obviously now they're they're rivals, but you know they've had a history before. They made a ton of trades when he was with the Marlins and with the Tigers, uh, and he basically said that Cashman has the hardest job maybe in all of sports because there are certain teams that when he tries to call them they basically hang up the phone there there are owners in baseball that are so afraid of the Yankee machine and the Yankee monster that they won't even take Cashman's calls so if there's I mean obviously he's not going to do business with the Red Sox so that gives you you know and I think fans are so simplistic and they think that life is like fantasy baseball they sit there and they think, well, I mean, there's there's one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say her name, but she always complains about that the Yankees have never traded or Cashman's never traded for an ace, which is the most ridiculous quote because it's not like you know aces are available like at the corner garage sale every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it it really hit home to me to sit there and like, okay, so if half the teams in baseball, if, if if there's a certain amount that won't even take Cashman's call, the pool of teams that he can do business with has shrunk because there are owners that hate the Yankees so much. They basically told their GMs, Don't do business with the Yankees. They're the Yankees. I don't wanna be I don't wanna be the team that puts the Yankees over the top to get them their twenty eighth title. And I, I think, don't mean I to don't cut think you fans off. have enough of an appreciation for that. Go ahead.
2: I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to say, too, they're probably taking his calls a little more now that the Yankees have young, you know, great talent. But what does everything come back to? Why everyone's so pissed off Kluber is not a Yankee right now? Because now, to spite Brian Cashman, they answer his phone call and they ask for Gleyber Torres or guys that they know are never, ever going to be traded.
0: Like the whole Garrett Cole thing. I mean, the the Garrett Cole trade was a classic story of, I mean they asked the Yankees that that's the other thing you're right, great point chris when 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 teams do want to entertain offers they they completely try to fleece the Yankees there, there's such few GMs that'll actually you know do business on the up and up with him so we all you know the the the, the Twitter mob all okay well we, we have to get this guy so let's overpay and and it's just not realistic you I mean you guys correct people day in and day out, but you know like I said I've heard it from a prominent baseball executive that you know, Cashman can't just call up like it's a Yahoo trade and, and click yes and, and get the people that, that we as fans want them to acquire. You know what I mean? It's it's not that simple. His job, it, it, so that kind of pisses me off, that, that fans don't, you know, being in the know like I was, and that's why I, I love telling people that story because it's like, Dombrowski was basically telling reporters like, hey, Cashman's job is so much harder than the rest of ours, it's, it's not even funny. And of course, he went on to the Red Sox, and now, you know, huh. Won a World Series, but you know what I mean. Like so, <laughs> of it, course. It, it just cracks me up knowing that that you know, hey, it, it, it's not easy, and and you know, oh, people aren't just oh, oh, the Yankees are calling, and their fan base really wants them to acquire this number two starter. Oh, here you go, let's, right? Let's placate all the Yankee Twitter mob. You know what I mean? They, they think that's how it works. And
1: yeah, we'll take Sonny Gray and Greg Bird and uh, whatever else. Bag of trash you want? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you Corey Kluber. Well, that's the thing, and we'll throw in Trevor Bauer too. And <laughs> here, take Jason Kipnis and uh Francisco Lindor. That's the thing,
2: Brendan. We say it all the time that right. we love people. Will people will tweet us or message us or whatever, and they'll be like, they'll be like, Greg Bird sucks. He's the worst fucking player I've ever seen in my life. The Yankees need to trade him for an ace. <laughs> We're like, what? But Brendan, right. Brendan
0: does yeah. make a great point though. Mad Bum, straight up, right? Right. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um just because Go ahead, I you off. You, oh yeah no don't worry about it you know it kind of seems like teams do sort of take the spiteful approach toward trading uh, instead of taking the better deal with the yankees they decide to not you know take their offer seriously you look at yeah. the mets with jay bruce they they didn't even answer the call when cashman tried reaching out for jay bruce a couple of years ago you look at it even with garrett cole like you just mentioned they probably took the lesser of the deal because the yankees weren't willing to give up their top guys
0: well, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, so I mean, I was really involved in media in in o three o four. Obviously, that was you know lost to the Marlins, and then obviously the Red Sox ended the curse. And I don't know if you guys remember this because it's it's all ironic and it's like kind of those one of those Back to the Future type moments of like how how different life would be if something happened. But I don't know if you guys remember, but probably not because I, I smoked
1: a lot of weed back then. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you Family go. Family show. It was pretty much it was pretty much certain that that in o four The Yankees were going to get Randy Johnson from Arizona for Robinson Cano and, like, other prospects. But then in the 11th hour, Jerry Colangelo, who was the owner of the Diamondbacks at the time, and hated the boss. Fucking hated the boss. He killed the deal. And then, of course, you know, the Yankee pitching continued to struggle, and the curse was ended. But because that was before, you know— Randy kind of broke down. You remember how dominant he was in Oh four. So can you imagine if the frigging Yankees would have got Randy Johnson at the '04 four trade deadline? Yeah, man. I could have paired him with life we we know it it would be completely different. Sure. You know, so. Oh,
1: Brendan, we want to thank you for spending part of your Saturday afternoon with us here. Uh, <clears throat> Brendan Sennett, a contributor to the NYYsportstalk.com, dot com, although he doesn't contribute very much anymore. No, so. he, he he'll get his act I gotta together. I got to that up, man. You got to get tracked. I've been lazy. I mean, you you did pretty good I deserve, here. I
0: deserve that abuse. You
1: did pretty good here, so we'll we'll give you a stay of execution here for a couple of weeks.
0: That's fair. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure. You guys are great. I think you guys. Uh, you guys are killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. I love being able to contribute. Anytime you guys need me, uh, and uh let's uh let's keep growing this thing. Uh and you guys keep doing what you're doing, okay? Well thanks, appreciate Brendan. We appreciate that. Thanks, if you Brendan. want to
1: follow Brendan on Twitter, it's at A U B D E C. So there you go. Nice. And
0: those are my kids' names. That's for that weird Twitter name. That's Aubrey and Declan. So if uh, anybody, that's uh, the first three letters of their name. So, you know, they they run daddy, so they should run my Twitter. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Thanks <laughs> a lot, thanks, man. man. We take it easy, it. Brendan. My right, boys.
1: Appreciate it. Jeez, I thought we were never going to get him off the phone, bro. He's a good dude. Good uh, stories. No, he's got good stories. He, you know, he covered baseball out in Detroit. He's a big-time Yankee fan. You know, it's just one of these relationships that manifested that he found us on Twitter. He's been listening to the show. We, we've we had him writing for the website. He did you know, busting his balls. But, you know, what the hell are you going to write about in the offseason? Manny Machado?
2: Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> We're primarily I mean, we do a lot on the site, but a lot of our content you know, right now stems from, news, from the news from the post. show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I thought we were gonna get through a whole entire episode without
2: having to bring that name up, but Sonny Gray. No, Manny Machado. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That'll never happen until he signs. Ugh. Even after he signs. It's over here all year. If we had if we had Machado, this wouldn't have happened. It's over here all year. Well, you know who they could have? Who?
1: Nolan Arenado. That could happen. Before we wrap up, we're going to get into this Nolan Arenado talk that
2: came out this week. Um, Nolan Arenado was a fucking stud. Right, bro. But, uh, I mean, we already don't even know what we're doing with Troy Tulowitzki, right? Who cares? Well, I understand that. And I know it's a good problem to have, but... Then what? I mean, you're still telling me you're keeping Andujar. Well, here's the issue: is that from the initial report that I read,
1: is that the Yankees were gonna or would have to include Miguel Andujar in a deal for Nolan Arenado. But what does that? What does that do for the Rockies? What do you mean? It first of all, Nolan Arenado is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. I I agree, and he's coming up on a free agent year. Right. There's your leverage. There's your (laughs) leverage. Right. That's why they want to trade him. That's why they want Andujar. Then the Yankees
2: better be um, planning to sign him. But here's my
1: point. Is Nolan Arenado an upgrade over Miguel Andujar? Yes. Yes. Unequivocally, yes. He's an upgrade. He's proven more. But don't you want to do something besides upgrade the position that Miguel Andujar plays if you're trading Miguel Andujar? Don't you think you should do something else? That's my whole point in all of this. Yes. If you're telling me I'm trading Miguel Andujar for, for Nolan Arenado, I understand that Nolan Arenado is a... Especially at their, this point in their careers, and the fact that he's Ryan, looked this up. How many gold gloves has he won? Six or f- right. he's either one. He's either a six-time All Star with four gold gloves, or a four-time All Star with six gold gloves, or something like that, right? And look at his numbers, bro. The guy, the guy's a tremendous hitter. Sure, 35, 40 home runs every year. He bats sure. around three hundred. So yeah, you you take the upgrade at third base, but a he's you got no control over him over past twenty nineteen. Yeah, so. Miguel Andujar is your biggest trade chip. Don't you want to get something back that you can control past? 2019? I've awa- I've
2: always said it. i will I'm I'm adamant about it. I only want to see Miguel Andujar traded if it's for an elite starting pitcher. I, that's the only way it makes sense to get rid of him. And this has been my whole
1: argument with the people that don't want to trade Andujar, and I understand it. But the allure of having Corey Kluber, for, per se, and Manny Machado is greater to me than just having
2: Miguel Andujar. Right, and you have to look at it, too. The guy, yeah, he had a he had an incredible rookie season. But what are you going to do if Cashman could have gotten Arenado, right, or could have gotten Kluber, whatever, And Andujar held it up because you didn't want him to be traded. And he comes out and he shits the bed and he proves that his rookie year really wasn't the guy that he was. He's only been in this league for one year. But why was Aaron Judge such a given coming into 2018, though? Because he proved himself in a different way than Miguel Andujar did. You did not question any time, any time Aaron Judge stepped on that field you did not question it defensively offensively okay. power okay. you're you're taking into account his defensive uh of course his yeah but
1: if you can say in some ways maybe Miguel Landuhar's offensive uh output in 2018 was almost as impressive as judges in 2017 because look at it if you account their extra base hits it's probably a lot closer than than people think and number 2 uh, Anduhar never had that major slump that Aaron Judge did. So, again, we, you know, everybody took Aaron Judge as such a given. But then now when we try to put Anduhar in that same category, it's like, well, what if he doesn't duplicate it? But you never thought about that with Judge. And I don't think that's
2: fair to do to Miguel Anduhar. I think because, and this also isn't fair, I think because Judge profiled as a power hitter right off the bat that you didn't question it as much. My biggest fear, my biggest, you know, hold back on Miguel Andujar was that I liked him because he almost hit 300 and he got on base and had a lot of extra base hits. I don't see a definitive path where he continues to do that year in and year out. Whereas Judge, he has power. He knows how to hit the ball He's going to hit me 35 to 50 you home runs every year. You don't see a definitive year. path where he could be a 300 hitter that hits 40 doubles every year? I just don't because I, the Yankees don't really have a lot of those guys over so, the last... Th- and this is the one guy. This is the guy that they brought Yeah, maybe, up. and that would be great. That's why, as, in the same breath, I don't want to see him go unless it's a And for guess what an happens when you pitcher. get
1: older and stronger and learn pitching better? Doubles turn into home runs. That's what happened with Manny Machado. I don't necessarily need him to be a power hitter. But I'm just saying, everybody, maybe his home runs are going to be down a little bit, but once he starts getting a little bit stronger and learns Mm -hmm. how to drive the ball maybe a little bit more and has better pitch selection, he's going to drive the ball out of the ballpark a lot more. That's what I'm saying, though. Again, like, Everybody always wants to look at the negative when it comes to Miguel Andujar, but we didn't look at it with Aaron Judge. We had no idea that Aaron... Yeah, granted, Aaron Judge didn't have a complete 2018, but we didn't have any question marks about that Aaron Judge was going to be the leader of this ball club offensively
2: coming into 2018. It's because he took any doubt out of our minds by the way he presented himself. And what did Miguel Anduhard do to I'm give you doubt? I'm not saying that he did anything to give us doubt. I'm saying that he presented himself in the right way, which resulted in the Yankees and Major League Baseball throwing a guy at us who we can relate to just like Derek Jeter being the face of this team. We immediately... Oh, you can relate to being six foot seven and hitting 500-foot oh I foot said home we runs? can relate to having a guy who was the face of this team and the Yankees immediately threw that down our throats and we ate it up and we wanted him more than anything to be the face of this team. We couldn't even imagine. It's unfathomable to think that judge could be traded because of that reason. It wasn't just that he was great on the field. It was because he was the new face of the New York Yankees. And that's why no one even talked about it. Nolan arenado has been in the league for six seasons. He has six gold gloves. That's absolutely... He has won
3: a gold glove every single season.
2: That is the the most attractive part of Nolan Arenado, if you ask me right now, for the New York Yankees. He's led the National League in home runs three of the
3: last four years, obviously the one year being Stanton's 59. MVP, he finished third last year, fourth the year prior to that, fifth the year prior to that. And I
1: looked at his home road splits today, and yes, they are skewed towards home, but... He hits better on the road than Aaron Judge does. Mm-hmm. And he's an all-around better hitter. Like what is his career average? He's got to be hitting what, a close to 300 for his career, right? 297. Yeah. Wow. And what's what's the average about what's about an average year for him home run RBI's wide, like 40 and 120 something somewhere around there? Right around there, yeah.
3: Uh it would yeah, around around 40 home runs a year, 35 to 40 home runs a year.
2: Wow. And he drives in about 110 120
1: runs every year. Wow. Look at us putting that guy right to work over here.
3: Well, I
2: got him a, got him a new uh computer here that he can work with. Yeah, yeah, I
3: mean his home and away splits are drastic, but just because I mean he's crazy at Coors Field, the 347 batting average compared to 248 on the road. Sluggings better. I mean he's he's definitely a better hitter at home, but yeah, well, like of you course. said, he's I better mean, than judges Coors on the road. Coors
2: Field is a power hitter's dream. I mean any hitter's dream. Everyone loves to hit at Coors Field. His OBP drops a whole point,
3: point, four point four to 0.3, home versus road.
1: So that's, the, that's what the people that don't want him, because that's their knock. Oh, he doesn't hit well away from Coors Field. Well, the guy that you want to play third base, right. Manny Machado, look at his career splits. He played in Camden
2: Yards. His numbers are drastically better at Camden Yards. We talked about this last week, though. I mean, guys are going to be better at, at home. You know who, just for shits
1: and giggles, I looked it up. Two guys, and I looked at a lot of guys that are top-level players in Major League Baseball, two guys who do not profile that way. Mookie Betts has more home runs on the road than he does at wow. Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. And Mike Trout's numbers are better on the road than they are in Anaheim. That's because he's trying to get the hell out of Anaheim, and he wants teams to want him more. <laughs> But yeah, but for the most part, like we said last week, guys are better at home. It's just where they're more comfortable. It's where they play more games. It makes sense. Yeah, you're gonna play to your ballpark.
2: That's that's it. Do you want the Yankees to make a trade for Nolan Arenado? If it includes Miguel Andujar, I'm sorry. That, I mean, Look just at these RBI totals. It, it Who k- is this, Nolan Arenado. 2015, 130.
1: 2016, 133.
3: 2017, 130.
2: 2018, 110. Okay, yes. I just <laughs> okay, yeah. yes. Yep. That's why I cut you off, because you know I knew that would have... <laughs> yep, yeah. I want it to happen. Cast it out. Any doubt? I hate that I want it to happen. I love Miguel Andujar, man. And I... Want a pitcher for him if we're gonna trade him? But you're talking, you're talking big time numbers. Arenado, New York Rockies, big. Is he a lefty hitter? No, he's (laughs) right. That would, that would forget it. (laughs) I mean, come on, that that's just not like a little upgrade. But are you trade? Yeah,
1: but I'm not saying that it wouldn't be an up more than just a little upgrade because Arenado's. We're gonna classify him as one of the ten best players in Major League Baseball, right? We have to. Yeah. Okay. But he's a free agent at the end of the year. You're gonna trade Miguel
2: Andujar for a rental? You have to have you have to have plans to sign him. You it, and the Yankees are not gonna make this deal. We talked about this. Arenado wants thirty million dollars in arbitration. Wow. We talked about he this. He deserves it off that yeah, off those course. numbers. Listen, we talked about this in the past. Can the Yankees present a deal where... And hold on. And he's not an old man. He's one year older than Manny Machado. 27. Can the Yankees... That's really impressive. Can the Yankees present a deal to the Rockies where they do give them Miguel Andujar and they agree on the whole trade, but then work with Arenado to have something in place? The Yankees have
1: to get a window to... Uh Sign get him and sign an extension, or they
2: can't. Because like a the deal. O- yeah, the only way I would do that is if you're guaranteeing me that this guy is not even going to sniff free agency for five years. F- yeah, and he can't play the market. Nothing. He's he's yours. That's make it. make the trade, L- including lock this, him up.
1: including this year six for one eighty. Boom, boom, done. It's thirty million dollars a year. It's what he wants. Me? You don't Kidding think he me? would take that? Absolutely. Come on. If you can tell me that, I might be more open to it. But again, like getting just getting an upgrade at third base, is that enough to move Miguel well, here's, Andujar? Here's,
2: the, here's playing devil's advocate now. Who's to say that Miguel Andujar can't become that player? Who's to say it? This is why people don't want Manny Machado, because
1: they're saying Miguel Andujar has already proven he's a legitimate major league hitter. So why are you going to trade him? For Manny Machado, when he only makes six hundred thousand dollars, and Manny Machado wants thirty your million your biggest dollars.
2: your biggest argument is that he's controllable, and he's not getting paid a lot. And if he's going to produce at that level, maybe you just stick with Miguel Andujar. But but no, those numbers, man, on, those numbers. I'm in love with. Those it's numbers. tough to yeah, say yeah, no. Those numbers are crazy. It if you look at them, don't they jump no. out
1: of you more than Manny Machado's numbers?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you see the six oh, hundred thirty yeah. RBI in a year for three straight years. That's jumping. Oh yeah,
1: oh, the yeah. gold gloves. The gold gloves. The fact that he wants to play third base now. We're rookie of the year. No, we Machado
2: wants to really be a shortstop, not, and not that we care too much about it, but just the fact of his attitude all around. He's a guy that you you know you're not going to be investigating with every manager he's ever had, and whatever you're confident that Nolan Arenado is the right fit for your team. Not Let's, even go just, ahead, Ryan. That's okay. Uh,
3: just looking at the amount of games he's played since 2015, he hasn't played less than
2: 156 games since 2015. Guys on feel hey, man, hey, if that's what the if that's what the Rockies are arguing back, it's tough to not give up Miguel Andujar. Would
1: you include Florial in the deal?
2: Absolutely. Again, hmm. Florial is a fucking nothing to me. He's nothing to me. All right,
1: what about if they ask for your two top pitching prospects, Loizica and Domingo Acevedo no. plus
2: Florio and no, you take
1: Florio out of the deal. You, you go Andujar, Loisica, no, because, and
2: do and because Acevedo, no, because this is a team that needs pitching depth and they need guys to, to prove that they are getting close to, to ready to start replacing some of these guys in our rotation right now. You don't want to give up pitching when you need pitching. This team still needs pitching. They need depth. And who's, I mean, if CC goes down, who's your guy, right? You don't even know the definite answer right now. So I can't just go out there when I have a guy, Miguel Andujar, who should have been rookie of the year last year, putting up the numbers he did and trade him for just another third baseman. But I'm also going to give up my pitching depth and my guys who are at the top of my list. That's my issue with trading him for Nolan Arenado
1: is that you're just getting another third baseman in return. That's my, that's my one true issue with it. If you were telling me that we're flipping him for Corey Kluber
2: and getting Nolan Arenado in a separate trade, I'm what done. if the Rockies came back, they wanted Miguel Andujar and Florial and they'll give you Arenado and one of their top pitching prospects? What are their top pitching prospects? Well, because that's of, the thing that's why I said it because you don't really know how great their even their top pitching prospects because are. Because if they're that good, Colorado. why don't
1: the why don't the Rockies want them? Because the
2: Rockies are always in search of pitching. I'm just saying you gotta you can't be giving up pitching at this point to get a guy here who's not a pitcher. It just doesn't make sense. If you're gonna give up those young top pitching prospects and you're gonna give me a legitimate uh MLB ready pitcher then that's a different story so if you're the Yankees who do you want playing third base in 2019 if you could have your way Nolan Arenado Miguel Andujar or Manny Machado
1: Hmm.
2: man I I gotta admit I never looked into Arenado's numbers that deeply it's got to be Arenado same I mean come on if Brian
1: Cashman could have his way I would have to say that he probably would want Nolan Arenado playing third base for the New York Yankees and if Nolan Arenado is playing third base for the New York Yankees the New York Yankees are by far the best team in Major League Baseball. Oh my god. Come on. Can it's not you even imagine? Close. I know he's another right-handed hitter but can you imagine him hitting in that lineup where he drives in 120 runs every year in between, in between Judge between Aaron and Aaron Judge Jesus. and John oh, Carl Christ. Stanton. That Come on man. So the Yankees would be the best team in baseball, and what would make you the best fan of the NYY Sports Talk podcast is if you went to iTunes and left a left us a rating and review. Yes, please. Hopefully five stars. I Hopefully, think we deserve it. Yeah, you know, even though we had Brendan on today, I hope it didn't drag the show down too much. You're really, you're really tough on him, huh? It's like tough love. And it's not tough love. Tough love. He needs to understand what he's getting himself into. Yes. He wants to be a regular contributor to the program. That's true. And the website. That's true. That he needs to know who he's dealing with. I agree with that. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Episode 96 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. We're vast, quickly approaching episode 100. So instead of doing number trivia, who caught the final out of the 1996 World Series?
2: Mr. Charlie Joe Hayes. Girardi. No, really? Oh, Charlie uh, no, I Hayes. Maybe it, was bro. A it was Charlie Hayes. Charlie Hayes
1: pop up the third
3: base. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In foul
2: territory. Uh, Remember it like it was yesterday. Ryan wasn't even born yet. I was four. And <laughs> I ran upstairs into the bathroom like a friggin' loser and I turned the sink on and I started throwing water on my head, pretending what? like it was champagne. Wow. Celebrating. Yeah, I remember that. And your parents didn't send you to like one of those special schools after that? Okay, there were other people there, other kids there, and we were all doing it. It's
1: like, have you tested after They were that? all doing <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> they were all doing it, okay? So I did it. Sure. Oh, Jesus, look at Chris. <laughs> look at Chris. What's wrong with him? He's throwing water on his head. What is he doing in that bathroom? Uh, He's a- been in there for a half hour. <laughs> Chris, they won. Why are you trying to drown yourself? <laughs>
1: Uh. all right so thank you for listening to episode 96 of the nyy sports talk podcast follow us on twitter at nyy sports talk ryan i told you last week shit or get off the pot i've been thinking about it all week you ready yep go for it go yanks chris (laughs) say goodbye